0: This Saturday on Newsbreak Talk. We take you back to the Kings of Durban, the untold story of Durban's gangland. Tales from the Crimson League, the Salots and Sheriff Khan, once whispered among family, now takes centre stage. Tune in at 1pm on Saturday on Newsbreak Talk and give your views a voice on the Kings of Durban. it's exactly four minutes past one. A very good afternoon to you. This is Newsbreak Talk, exclusive to Lotus FM. My name is Salma Patel and I'm uh, keeping you company from now until 2 p.m. with uh, my co-host and co-anchor and that's uh, Rachel Vardy who will be taking your calls on the number 089 310 8789. We're also taking your WhatsApp messages on that number 613 7803. Well, it's been a whirlwind adventure. People who've never admitted to tuning in to Lotus FM have now suddenly become hooked to the Newsbreak legend series on the kings of Durban. From the clothes, to the characters, to the real-life stories of extortion, business dealings, and yes, their slick hairstyles and three-piece suits and gentlemanly agreements. Now, the series was based on a book that was uh, written by Durban author and researcher Deepak Pandey, and it's called The Kings of Durban. Now, the series started after news reports of alleged gangs and drug dealers in Durban who were being shot and killed. And then videos of funeral rites of alleged gang members and gang bosses went viral. Now, the purpose of the series is not to glamorize gangsterism, but to drive the message home that if you break the law, you pay the price no matter who you are. But more than that, this retro trip, trip down memory lane has got everyone talking. Did it get you talking too? Through the series, I've met uh, Aisha Salot all the way from Cape Town, who says that she is Lighty Salot's daughter and she now is writing her own book. She did not want to grant us an interview. However, many people were excited that there was this retro revival of real life characters who are part of the Durban life story. Today, if you want to share your thoughts about the Crimson League, the Salots, and even Sheriff Khan, you are welcome to call us in studio on the number zero eight nine three one zero eight seven eight nine, and you can WhatsApp your voice notes and your comments to zero seven one six one three seven eight zero three. Well, I have the man himself with me in studio, and he's all togged up in in real style this afternoon, and that's Deepak Pandey. Deepak, good afternoon, and welcome to Newsbreak Talk.
1: Ah, good afternoon, Salma and all our listeners. Yo, it's been such a journey and such a rollercoaster of a ride, shall I say.
0: I'm sure. What's been the reaction or the response that you did get um, after people were tuning in for the series?
1: Wow, uh, The series just brought a whole new element to the entire project, you know, because... Although I've been working it for 14 years, now you can actually see there's a lot lot of people that don't even know that something like this was in action. Mm -hmm. A lot of people didn't have the knowledge that we were actually interviewing their brothers and stepbrothers. And so a lot of people that don't know about the project actually now are getting to know about it. And at the same time, um, the response we're getting is nothing but love, you know, Mm -hmm. because... One thing what stands out for me that's happening now is that people are now going and researching their roots. Yes. They're going back and they're actually asking me for assistance and help along the way. Like, did you know my dad or do you know certain people that can help me with certain things? There was a, a lady from the Salat family that messaged me often and she was like, yo... I just got my DNA done and you'll never believe what I found in there. Mm. So it's, it's things like that uh, that I'm excited about because it, it's something that we never ever would thought it would be tied down to the book, mm. but it's actually being related via a story. People are actually digging into their roots and finding about their cells. So for me, I think that that's quite exciting because now the message that's in the novel is actually coming out there and it's being displayed. So for me, th- th- that's actually touching and I'm actually glad something like this happened.
0: Deepak, how important is it uh, for, that these people have come forward to you and have staked claim and have said, you know, this was my father you're writing about, this is my uncle you're writing about Mm. what did it actually mean for you?
1: it It actually meant a lot because when I first started as I said like fourteen years ago, uh, a lot of people didn't want to come out and chat to us. a lot of people uh did speak to us but also kept themselves anonymous did so, they
0: did they tell you the reason why they didn't want to talk?
1: yeah because at the end of the day it's 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 a controversial subject you know it's it's something that families are involved it's something that happened over a period and um I think that the most important thing for me is that. These guys finally are seeing. You know what? My dad's life or my brother's life can actually change the youngsters of the future by using their stories. We are actually getting to the problem. You know, yeah. because the the problem is quite huge. And how do you attack this? Because even when I was sitting back and brainstorming of how to tell the story and what, because there's so many angles you can actually tell the story from. Yeah. You know, you can glamorize them. Yeah. You can just take one specific guy. Yeah. But for me, I had to get the whole entire story and. I think I think the important thing is that they're now they're now coming on board and they're like, hey, you know, it's it's actually a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, because now you, you you're getting people involved in something because a lot of them closed this part of their lives and closed that chapter and kept it locked for years, mm-hmm. and like even like Choto Bana for example told me for 50 years he hasn't spoken about this, mm-hmm. so I, I for me, uh, you know, if you want to be somebody different and you want to do something different, you got to action something different. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that was for, for me uh, astounding, shall I say? Because now they're actually coming aboard, and they're like, yeah, you know, we're actually happy that you did this. And we never ever thought somebody would do this. For me at that time, I thought I was just the only one intrigued by the underworld. I didn't realize we've got a huge market out there.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to actually go through some of those messages that are coming through. Um, and this was after some of the podcasts were actually posted on, on Facebook. One came from Hassanain Abdullah on Facebook. And he says, well done on producing this intriguing series on Durban's Casanostras and the underworld. Do you think there's any ties with with you know the American series of the Sopranos? Any ties or any fame there?
1: Well, actually, if you look at it, what, what we actually um, experience here in Durban, people experience across the world. If you look at the Godfather, yes. for example, you look at the Colleoni family; it's a complete depiction of the Salat family. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it, you can actually say, "Hey, Deepak, did you actually copy?" anything of, of, of the godfather in terms of the Colony, because exactly how Don Colony, mm-hmm. Vito Colony left Sicily and came to America is the same thing what the uh, senior Salat did, you know, and, and how he transformed the business and how he actually worked his way up into the ranks, it's identical to, to, to that. So so in they,
0: that case, they left India and came here to South Africa.
1: Exactly. For mm. a better life and obviously for, for more opportunities.
0: So look at those parallels. hey? And then, then Sopranos became such a, a fantastic uh, uh, um, series, mm, you know, mm. that grew in, in fame. And, and what's stopping these kind of stories from coming out?
1: I think they said that there's a handful of people mm. that, you know, it, it would any, any success story, you're always going to get a, a good group of critics or a group of handful of people that say this. And no, it, but
0: sure. We need them because they build us.
1: No, 100%. Yeah. And I'm actually looking forward to that today because for me it, it gives me another perspective of things. Yes. And, and I've got to keep things clear and at the same time I've actually... Uh, I'm actually really, really excited to to be in contact with people that I haven't spoken to before. Mm.
0: Okay, let's stop you there. We do have uh, Louis Pillay on the line. He's one of Lotus FM's biggest fans, and I think he was also listening to the series uh, on uh, Lotus FM. So good afternoon, Louis Pillay, and welcome Uh, to Newsbreak Talk.
2: Yeah, good afternoon to you, good afternoon to your guest, Deepak, and good afternoon to the listeners. I think, you know, we talk about the whole days. It changes the whole history of South, South Africa today. If you look at the Crimson League itself, I mean, if they were uh, before 1949, we would have had less deaths in 1949. But if you look at Crimson League, D-Shallot and Lighty Shallot, if you look at them, they brought us in about fear that the repeat of 1949 do not happen again. So if you look at it, they tried to do this in 1959. They said every 10 years. But with young Beeren and Dechalot and the Crimson League, uh, Sonny Morgan, this prevented it from happening. But if you look at the way they structured themselves and the way they handled themselves, if you look at Dechalot and Sonny Morgan, the dressing was tops. If you look at the shoes they used, we can't afford the shoes today. And my father was with the Crimson League soccer at that time. So, you know... Living with D. Charlottes and we, we were schooling in St. Aydin, that is off Sparksville and Brickfield uh, Road.
3: Mm.
2: The St. Aydin school was tops, and the children of D. Charlottes went to St. Aydin school, where mm. Adelphi, you know Adelphi is situated? Mm. That's where the, the art of D. Charlottes was. But if you look at the 49 rights, who saved Asheville, Sydenham, Overport was Young Wiren and Simon Chetty. Mm. If not, they would have came across. Hmm. But these guys got stronger in 1959. So those were the things that, you know, we, we can talk about, the Thames League, Sonny Morgan, and, and D. Shalat. And how is it exit. actually
0: going down memory lane all over again, Louis?
2: Yeah, you know, if you talk about it, when, when these guys come to school with those big cars, flashy cars, especially D. Shalat, to leave his child at school, even the teachers knew who, who those children were, and, and they wouldn't enough. mess
0: with them. I'm sure, Louis Paley, Thank you very much for the trip down memory lane. Oh eight nine three one zero eight seven eight nine is the number you can call us on. And we want to know this retro revival and this uh, taking us back in time. How did it make you feel listening to this uh, particular series on Lotus FM? I do know that we have lots more comments coming through. Solomon Ram says, "My dad was in the Crimson League. They called him Pakri. His full name." is is Munsami Ram Sami Pillay from May Street? He's got a green dot on his forehead. Uh, ring a bell, um, De- Deepak?
1: Yeah, very. Uh, we came across him while doing uh, research, and w- what stood out for me was the green dot because that was a symbol of uh, you know somebody that did time. Mm. And uh, back then, uh, that, that dot had basically when you're on the street and you had that dot on your forehead, you, you commanded a lot of respect. Mm. So he was one of the heavies of the Crimson League back then, and um, I don't want to dwell too much into him because he was quite of a colourful and hectic character back <laughs> All right. then. we we'll leave it
0: there. Another touching story that came from uh, Fakir Hassan, who was the former Lotus FM station manager. And he mm-hmm. wrote,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Um, Sheriff Khan was a great fan of Lotus FM. I didn't know that. Once, somehow, he heard that there was a show promoter who threatened me, meaning Fakir Hassan, after I refused his demands for free advertising on the station. Sheriff called me to, somewhat ironically, congratulate me on my integrity and offered to sort the promoter out. I don't know if Sheriff Khan contacted him or not, but I never heard from that promoter again. <laughs> well, there you go. Touching tales of um, how they actually played a role in um, protection, in a sense.
1: That's the thing. You know, these guys basically were there for the community, not against the community. They worked They worked very closely with the community. Because of, of times of apartheid, there wasn't actually a law strategized to protect Indians in, in Durban and around South Africa. So, as Louis just mentioned, you know, these guys were part of our history. For us to deny their existence yeah. is like putting uh, closing a chapter and a whole book on our history in Durban. They played a huge role, not just for uh, for the normal people, the business people as well, and the guys in the market, and and also the contribution towards the uh, liberation movement in the country. So I feel that th- their stories have to be put out there, you know. Yeah. And and what's actually glad is that I mean, there's guys from the museum and stuff contacting me up to actually be putting things. So there'll be a part of this history that will actually be yet to remain, I think, for, for forever and time to come.
0: Let's go back to our lines now. I've got Scully on line one. Good afternoon, Scully.
4: Good afternoon to you, Selma, and uh, good afternoon to your guests there, um, Deepak. Uh, I just want to say, before Deepak leaves, may you please give us his uh, um, uh, whereabouts address <laughs> or something, phone number where we can contact him. Okay, I just we'll want to say, my mama, my mama, my uncle, baby Kisun Yeah. Mm. Uh, uh, he was a um, member of the uh, of the Crimson League. Mm. And uh, thanks for Louis Pilet for bringing back the memories. And man, and, hey, he, he, I think Louis should write a book, you know. Uh, <laughs> thanks for his, like, and, and Deepak and, and, and you all the Lotus team, ma'am. Thank you very much.
0: You no, know, it's a pleasure, Scully. And then this is what we do. We do it for you because we want to take yes. you down memory lane as well. So thank you very yes, much ma'am. for your call, Scully. Um, 0893108789. I do have a, a message coming through, coming in from uh, Zaida. And she says, hi... Um, I'm the granddaughter Zaida of Chotubana. Growing up with my papa, I did not know the in-depth stories of my granddad's mafia days. As he was always secretive, confiding in Deepak to tell his story has shown us a legacy that has made us proud. Well done and may granddad's legacy live on for many years more. Chotubana, the Durban's Al Capone. Wow, Deepak, well there you go. <laughs> She's calling her granddad the Chotubana the Durban's Al Capone. How mm. close was your relationship with Chotubana? Uh,
1: wow. Well, you know, the the last the last few years that I spent with him we actually grew we, we grew so close that there were times when I didn't have to even go through his bodyguards to get to him. You know, mm. I, I had a complete uh, Access to him and and the same thing with me, he could pick up the phone in the middle of the night because he thought of something and that he wanted to share. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, she's basically the only living proof of our conversations and interactions with a lot of these underworld figures because most of it happened in her home. And she was kept away. And, and because these type of people I was interviewing i couldn 't actually record them i couldn 't actually video record them because so it was just basically a chat and certain things i couldn 't even write down because they should tell me that 's for your mind to think about it and not actually for you to put down oh. so it was it the whole fourteen year process was something that as I said, I grew up, I was you know wet behind the ears, I was mm. green about writing i never mm. I never had any academic uh, studies behind uh, uh, writing or anything of that sort but mm. um, I think because of these these guys being so open to me and allowing me into their world is actually what transformed the story into what it's become. And, and you can see how powerful it has now become. And you can see how it's just growing in yeah. strength and in lens, And it's even going overseas now.
0: I've got, got a question for you from Morris mm. governor of Tonga. Mm. And he says, wow. hi, ma'am. I know <laughs> one of the guys from the Crimson League. His name is Katai Kitty. Do you remember um, oh. Do you remember him, Deepak?
1: Hell yeah. I mean, Cathead Kitty is one of the most calif- colorful uh, characters in my book. I was surprised because Cathead Kitty passed away a uh, very, very long time ago. And a lot of people forgot about Cathead Kitty. C- Cathead Kitty was a guy that started uh, way be- before the Crimson League and the old Dutch Road Gang. He was yeah. one of the oldest loner gangsters and knife kings in Durban. Mm. And uh, uh, Cathead Kitty played a very, very huge role in terms of the whole uh, he he was a bodyguard for this boxer, Kid Kid Baker. Mm. Kid Baker was murdered by one of the Crimson League Big Five, mm. and Cattet um, Kitty was hired as as his bodyguard. And just before the murder, so in my book, it also tells a little bit more of actually what went down there. Mm. But Cattet Kitty, yeah, I man, wow, <laughs> I'm surprised people still remember. <laughs> Bringing him.
0: back all those memories now. Hey, Hell got yeah. a, another message coming in from Nadeem Agji, who says excellent program and good to hear the stories of the past especially since Bibi Salot was my granny who passed away when I was three. Wow. So nice to know a bit more of my family's history. Bana Morar, another big fan of Lotus FM, writes, wow, the Salots were our neighbours from Overport. If you have a message that you'd like to share with us or a memory that you'd like to share with us about uh, the underbelly of Durban's uh, mafia gangland, call us in studio 089 310 8789 or you can WhatsApp your comment on oh seven one six one three seven eight zero three. 613 Sell and my friend. Good afternoon.
5: <laughs> Hi, Shama. How are you doing? Hello. All right, madam. Okay. Deepak, well, yeah, I'm quite impressed with the Deepak uh, for bringing about the past. I'll tell you why. It is a great element of paradox. Some people might say, hey, hang on. Why are we talking about mafias? And You see, the rest of the nation in this country need to know that our guys had clapped. This morning, newspaper it said very categorically that Rohit Gandhi shot the robbers at his house. So we need Deepak. One day, Deepak must now talk about those guys that protected the family. Now, what I'm saying, uh, Salma, I like the way I'm listening to the program that he's created. But uh, this time, he cannot say names and uh, places have been changed because he's saying it like it is. (laughs) But Salma, very quickly, what I'm saying is uh, I'm going to read the book, what Deepak's done. But please, Deepak, when you finish with this book, your next book is going to be about the current history where this country takes away the firearms from the Indians. Those guys didn't have it taken away. So we can't protect our family. Yeah. Thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you, Selvan, for your comments. Oh eight nine three one zero eight seven eight nine. message coming through from Fawzi Kasim, who says, hi, my dad was part of the Kasim Brackford. You heard of that, Deepak? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. F- yeah, familiar, familiar. Uh And and
0: she says, because of the Salots, they were able to perform in Overport without any problems. Ooh, Mm. a nice piece of history there, Fawzi Kasim. Thank you for giving us your comments there this afternoon. Uh, Cedric Sissing, who, who says... I was at uh, Park Hill High School in the same class as Sandra Salot. Her dad used to fetch her from school in his Valiant. We would walk her to the gate but scatter when we saw the Valiant. <laughs> nice memory there, Cedric. And and just goes to show that in those days, that kind of fear was actually instilled. Eh? It was a gentlemanly uh, kind of agreement. Deepak, what, what, what was so different about that era?
1: This is what the book actually brings out. You know, real life experiences for people. You know, and, and and, and for me, this is the most joyous part of the entire story, you know, mm. because for, for somebody much elder and more, more mature, they're actually going down memory. Reading. And then for the guys that are actually much younger, I actually like, Deepak, did this actually really transpire? Did this mm. actually really happen? Mm. Because this is like news to us. Yeah. But yet, this is a story that actually transpired way back over 50, 60 years ago, we're talking. You we're
0: going to stop you there. We have Mrs. Pillay on the line. Good afternoon. Hello, Hello. Uh,
6: Selma, how
0: are you? I'm well, Mrs. Pillay, how are you?
6: Good, thanks. I remember I was 12 years old girl, we lived in Overport. And um, mascot and fishy, and Shaki, they lived in West Road. Yes,
0: we did mention (laughs) Shaki and we found out about him. Yeah, and
6: we were small and we heard the car coming up. We should be so frightened. My mother would say, go inside, go inside. And uh, anybody know about Chaki, they can talk about it with me to the hearing. now.
0: Thank you, my doll. I love you. Okay. Bye. Thank you very much, Mrs. Pillay. Well, there you go. Real-life Bululu men. That's what they were in that era. And even the children scattered when they heard their names. 89 That's the number you can call us in in-studio. Or you can WhatsApp us your message on 71 This is Newsbreak Talk on Lotus FM. Keep it locked on. CBC celebrates women this August and all they are capable of as they strive for excellence across the various fields and break new ground. Hashtag she
7: is power
6: Watch EFC this
8: Saturday on SABC3 as we look back at the ultimate clashes of 2018 featuring a flyweight title fight when Kazimulo Zulu put his belt on the line and faced the dangerous Capetonian Gary Joshua. Plus, witness the all-out war between Caleb Ridley and August Kambala. EFC, every Saturday at 8 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sport.
0: It's exactly 25 minutes past one. This is Newsbreak Talk on Lotus FM. We're going to give Deepak a break uh, around about now so that he can gather his thoughts. But uh, I did get a phone call from someone called Ishan Blunden, who is the co-founder of the Grey Street, Casbah and Surrounds. And he also runs a little group on Facebook as well, uh, detailing uh, the incidents that happened in the Grey Street area and the Caspar area and the Surrounds. And uh, Ishan Blunden says there is a wealth of information about the mafia gentleman, which is still under wraps.
9: When it comes to the history of of gangsters in in, in Dublin, you're not going to get the true history by anybody. The people that were, back in the day, who were the the kingpins alive, you must probably get some sort of of clarity or some sort of honesty in exactly what happened back then. But to us, according to what we've been going through, in the 40s and 50s and 60s, it was basically like Chicago and one of the American cities. That's how the gangsters here operated. We you saw photographs. Everybody had hats. Everybody had coats, suits, ties. Everybody dressed smart. You know, they always—they obviously were, in, like, for instance, in America, they were into the liquor thing, whatever, gangsters. They weren't gangsters as in thug gangsters. You must understand that. That came later on, I think, towards the end of the 70s and 80s. But back then, it was all, everybody was gentlemen. Yes, they were corrupt. Yes, they did wrong things. But also, on the other hand, these people uh, assisted and helped the older community or the poor community as such.
7: I remember when I was looking through the pictures in the book, they were such suave gentlemen with their hats and their coats, and it made me feel as if if I was riding in a bus with them, they would give me their seats. If the community were in distress in some way, they would assist. What Great. sort of assistance did they provide for the community?
9: Listen, the stories that we've heard I mean, there was financial assistance. Some of these guys owned uh, businesses. You know, they just weren't gangsters in themselves. They were business people also. gave people work. Food parcels. They did all kind of, all kind of, that kind of stuff for people.
7: You compared them to the American gangsters, but you didn't, you said don't use the word gangsters. They were more like a mafia because they were so mm. hardcore. said not,
9: not really hardcore. What I mean, when you're talking about mafia, mafia didn't operate just in, in, in shooting and killing, they operated in business. They were business people also. You know, later on, obviously they became gangsters, and it was it, was, it, it changed. Like every couple of years, or every couple of ten, twenty years, it, things change.
7: And what did they trade in? You said that they traded in certain goods, like when you compared it to the American mafia, it was liquor, etc. Moonshining. You see,
9: there is a lot of stuff. Like I said to you, I, if, if I want to say something, you, if I want to tell you, listen, they they traded in liquor, you know. I'm just saying what I heard, but really, really speaking, you know, we don't know exactly what else they did. I read stories in the drum magazine in the archives where they were talking about the different gangsters and all the kind of businesses they were. They were into entertainment. They were into, I mean, guys had butcheries, you know, their own butcheries, right? And then obviously some of them were even involved in top soccer clubs back in the day. Back in the day, entertainment and sport went hand in hand. So these guys were basically gentlemen. They helped the community. They did wrong things, whatever have you. But, you know, the thing, the, the, the history of gangsters through our sort of research that we've been doing, we don't want to get involved in these things because... Some of the family members are still. I mean, some of these guys' families are, are. I mean, the families are still alive, and you don't want to say, you know, what this this, this gentleman here was killed by that gentleman's uh, grandfather, whatever have you. But it's you... a very sore subject, as such.
7: But you have such a wealth of knowledge. Why should you not be telling the story?
9: No it's just to me I mean you know we do the Casbah the, the, the Casper newspaper uh, where we do stories from the leader and uh, take stories and we we uh, sort of um, we republish the stories, but we leave out all the murders, the crime, and all these things here
0: and that was co-founder of Grey Street Casbah and surrounds Ishan Blunden 0893108789 do you think these stories should be closed up and kept in the wardrobe or should they be out in the public and uh, celebrated because uh, these were gentlemen who yes they were walking on the wrong side of the law at times but they were also building a community saving a community as well 0893108789 the following story contains graphic description which may upset sensitive people including children well there is no uh, story like that, but uh, we're going to say the views and opinions uh, expressed this afternoon on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Got another com- comment coming through on our WhatsApp number 0716137803. This is from Pradesh, and he says my dad was Paul Suganes and he was a member of the Salot Gang, and their dressing was exceptional, and their shoes were always shining. Thank you very much for that, Pradesh, and I do know. That some of the gentlemen of old, especially when I started work here with with uh, Ashok Ram who was our senior producer at the time, shining shoes or, or shoes that were shining so much. I think the colloquial term is boning when your shoes are boning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so, there was actually a sign of a gentleman, was it Deepak?
1: Yeah, I mean these guys had class in them, you know. Uh, th- Everything about them was so classy. And that's the thing, you know, like now you're hearing stories about how many wives these guys had and how many affairs some of them had, you know, (laughs) because, I mean, women were just attracted to them because they had that sort of gentleman aspect. And it was not like something that was fed into them. It was a part of them. They were born with it. Yeah. You know, if you look at the first generation South African Indians, Mm -hmm. like most of these characters were that I interviewed and Mm. were lucky enough to meet with. They are so much different mm. and they have so much more character and charisma in them compared to what we see now. So that is why, in, in terms for me, why I had to bring out the roots and why I had to take people back is because we, where we're heading is a very dark place
3: yeah.
1: for the Indian community. Yeah. And I feel if we do not bring back and relive this part of where we were so united and where we stood together for the cause, mm. I feel that we are heading in a very, very, very dark um, dark place and a very, a place that I don't think that we actually want to see ourselves. And also for the guys of the past. I don't think they'll be proud enough to know that we're heading that direction.
0: Here's something exciting. Um, mm. Someone who'd like to remain anonymous says, hi there, I just want to contribute saying I am the granddaughter of the late Pine Muhammad. Not sure if you know him, Deepak. Mm. Uh, due to family conflicts, he was in the Crimson League and he had all the different Beatles, the, the cars, <laughs> you know. And he also ran Fafi as well. True, hey, true. Fafi is something from the old days. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember Pine Muhammad?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, but Pine Muhammad was, was one of the, the big five you know, um, and also his involvement in soccer, in business as well. Uh, Ch- Choto and him had quite a few operations running that, that he shared with me, mm-hmm. but um, he, he was also a very uh, respected character. You know, when there were things happening in the Claywood market and uh, people couldn't move out kinds of uh, extortion, then Pine mohammed was sent in and he actually cleared things up for them. Yeah. Here's
0: something uh, very interesting coming through from Raj in Phoenix, and he says, Hi Lotus FM team and Mr. Deepak. In short, we used to play music at Mr. Ginger's house in Amgeni Road. Uh, He used to like all of us as band players, did not know much about him. He was a member of the Crimson League. He told us to keep away from drugs and alcohol, also take our soccer rights from Mount Edgecombe. For this, we were well guarded in Durban. This is from Raj from Phoenix. Is it true, Deepak, that some of these, uh, well, so-called gangsters and gang members actually taught the youngsters to stay away from drugs and alcohol?
1: You see, that's what I'm saying. If you look at the ethics of them compared to what you see now, now the kids and the women are the target market. Where back then, it wasn't the case. They were actually there to protect the youngsters and, and women as well and also eliminate this uh, thing of thuggery and pickpockets and stuff from the streets. So... That this is what I had to bring out in the mm-hmm. story, and this is what I had to share once again is because what's going on right now in our communities is not something we can be proud of. Mm-hmm. And as I said, where we're heading to is, is very scary. So I feel we need to take in the information that the book supplies mm-hmm. and the story has to offer, and we need to make a change and we need to make some decision making as a community as one. Mm-hmm. And for me, why I'm happy is that families now, you know, you talk about, um, as Ishan Bladen just mentioned, about Families being murdered and they're still around. We're actually putting together a Solot reunion, okay. you know, because even even in the Solot family, as the leaders and as the the sons start to pass on, there was a lot of animosity between the kids, and they split up. And because a lot of kids were were were, were born illicitly, shall I say, yeah. you know, they, they were cut off from the Solot uh, family. So we're actually bringing that together, and mm. and, and that's actually going to be actually quite exciting for me because that's what I stand for and that's what the book stands for. And there you, you go. Know?
0: Something as small as a book bringing families together. 0893108789. Wow. Please keep me anonymous. Good afternoon. You mentioned on air that the teachers wouldn't mess with the children of the gangsters. My dad and his brothers were teachers in that in Durban in that era. The members of these gangs and their children showed teachers the greatest of respect. Wow. Really? So, so was, was this what the era was like in
1: hell living in yeah. that era? Hell yeah, hell yeah. And, and you see, I mean, we read the papers. Yeah. We, we listen to the news. What are kids doing to educators today? Yeah. You know, there's no respect for educators. Educators that carry guns and go to school. What, what is that? Yeah. You know, so once again, bringing back to the kings of Durban, you know, we're actually teaching kids how to actually behave and mm-hmm. how you actually should be, uh, how to discipline yourself.
0: But I'm actually quite you know, surprised that in that era, they were teaching children to stay away from drugs and alcohol.
1: 100%. That is, that is 100% correct.
0: And yet that's the total opposite of what is happening now. Yes. yes. Good afternoon, Newsbreak team. Sam Woodley here. And uh, oh, uh, Sam Mudley was with the Crimson League and also Michael Loga Naidu. Oh, and also Michael uh, Loga Naidu from Belvedere, Tongat. Thank you very much for your comment there, Loga Naidu. Yushin says, hi there, Salma and uh, Deepak. Uh, so cool to know that we had such men of steel in our midst. Then, Thank you, Deepak, for making us aware of such an important part of Indian history in South Africa. Take care. And that's from Vas Pillay. Um, we got a caller on the line who is anonymous. Good afternoon, anonymous. No, well, anonymous seem to have got stage fright there. 0893108789. That's the number you can call us on. We're talking about the Newsbreak Legends series on the Kings of Durban. And we do have a book to give away. Isn't that right, Deepak?
1: Hell yeah. You know... Uh damn. I know a lot of people <laughs> are finding it difficult to get their hands on a copy because it's selling so fast, you know. Okay. But uh, we had to make time for all the Lotus uh, listeners and we had to give away something.
0: Of course, it. because it's been such a whirlwind kind of uh, series here this, this on Lotus FM. So, to win a copy of that book, you're going to have to name three characters mentioned in the Newsbreak Legends series. Uh, we're going to run that competition towards the end of the program at around about 10 to 2. So, you can um, keep your finger on that dialing button and call us on 0893108789 if you want to win a copy of this book all you have to do is name three characters mentioned in the Newsbreak Legends series we will be covering them too uh, in the rest of the program Rajesh is on line 5 good afternoon Rajesh hi Rajesh hello hi yes go ahead Rajesh
8: I'm uh, speaking of Rajesh Dowdy, Okay. my dad used to be with the Crimson League. Uh, his name was Sunny but his nickname was Danya. Still tall gentleman he used to wear a and we used to live in West Road in uh, Westland Heights, Overport.
0: Sorry, Rajesh, you got cut off. You said he, he used to wear
8: a Stetson. Oh, yeah, a, Stetson. a Stetson, yes. Yes, yeah. and he was a taxi driver. at Crimson, living Victoria Street. Okay, and, it, and yes, and we used to live in Overport in uh, yeah. West Road in Westland Heights.
0: Yeah.
8: Okay, and <clears throat> actually, my late brother was cousin from the diesel lots. Mm.
0: And what did, How did it make you feel knowing that all this is now coming out in the fore?
8: You know, it makes me feel, uh, you know, great. It gives me goosebumps on my hands and on my body. And, uh, you know, at those days, we were young and it was rough. Overport was rough. Mm. And my brother, Tarzan, he actually passed away in Butcher Road. Uh, He was stabbed in Butcher Road uh, about 50 times.
0: Sure. And and such a great piece of history coming out there. Thank you for sharing with us, Rajesh. And it's good to have you on Newsbreak Talk this afternoon. I've got another anonymous on the line. Good afternoon.
8: Good afternoon, how are you?
0: I'm well, thanks. How are you, anonymous?
8: I'm good. I just want to ask Deepak a question. If he has a character by the name of Abdul Sattar in his book, I've heard a lot about him, uh, and I just want to know if if he does in his book. I I know he wasn't part of the Slot gang, but I know he was very closely associated with him, and he had a very good tie ties with um,
9: the Crazy Gang as well.
0: Mm. Okay, we'll uh, we'll put that we'll put that question to Deepak in a short while. Another anonymous. Uh, good afternoon.
8: Hi, good afternoon to you. Hi. Uh, I, grew, I was grown up in the Old Port area, and my late dad, who was a manager of a corporate company, uh, had an altercation with Mascot, BB, and people of that uh, crowd mm. who were gangsters at that time uh, trying to extort money from him because he was one of the Indians who was in a corporate company. Mm. And uh, I was a young lad of about 10 years old, and I remember they came up with a desoto. I remember the car was a red one. And my dad was brave enough to take his nephew and go right to his, uh, these guys, what they call a palace. Mm in West Road and confront him.
3: Mm.
8: And I was a little youngster, but I could drive. I was about 12 years old, and I went along with my dad. Mm. My dad was a guy that grew up from a very, very rough and tumble family. He was not afraid to uh, confront. If I remember very carefully, there was Sharky and Nascot was sitting there. Mm. And he was a hat, and BB walked out and said, What do you want? And my dad said, You came to my house looking for me, I'm here to come and see you. Mm. No, 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 it's not us, and what you do with you and so forth. Let me you where my dad has come from, and my dad has come from Kennedy Road, which was uh, an opposition to these guys, but I remember them very, very clearly as how they operated. I was quite young at that time, but I must say they had a little bit of uh, arm on their side, mm. but on the other hand, like I said, my dad confronted them, and that was the end of their theory of trying to threaten people or start money from my dad,
0: especially. And there you go. It actually built a man of of character there and a man who stood up for his family and himself. So good on your dad. Thank you very much for sharing your comments with us, Anonymous. Uh, And, oh, we have so many Anonymouses. (laughs) Is it the Anonymous I? Uh, I don't know what's the plural for Anonymous. But anyway, Anonymous on line one. Good afternoon.
5: Good afternoon. ma. Yes. How is the uh, magazine, band. Yes. And so we were going to school here, the Street. Yeah. So we should, some of them should take the bus, some of them should walk. We should walk and go. So mother used to tell us, be careful, we also have a car. Don't ever take your, ask your lift. give your lips. Don't take this all away. We stricken us, you need to say we mustn't stand anywhere. Go sick, go come back from school. Because of this, um uh, it is a
0: us. Okay, your line is a, a bit uh, strange there. So, if you can call us back, uh, so we can hear the rest of your story, we do appreciate it. Uh, let's move on with more um, exciting uh, messages coming through on WhatsApp as well on zero seven one six one three seven eight zero three. I'm uh, sorry, but I've only been listening for a short while. But now I'm hooked. There used to be a. Dasheen's gang as well. is Deepak, do you know anything about that gang? So just two things, Deepak. Abdul mm. Sattar and the Dasheens. Can you give us a very brief on, uh, idea of what happened there?
1: Uh, Abdul Sattar is a familiar name. I just need to know which time period because there's also other Sattar family members or maybe they were connected that were also mm. involved because in, in the 50s, I didn't really pick up much about him, but they, there was a character that was there, but he's not actually mentioned in the book because we haven't actually dwelt too much into his lifestyle. Mm. Okay.
0: So um, let's find out a bit about from uh, a message coming through from Bunny Bana who says, "Hi, I used to be protected by the Victorian gangs when <laughs> I was courting my wife who lived in Victoria Street, Durban in those days. A guy by the name of Siva who is late now. Ooh. By the way, I'm now married to her for forty years." <laughs> Regards, Bunny Bana. Wow, Bunny Bana! and know a whole gang actually helped you to court your wife there in Victoria Street. <laughs> Lovely messages there. Oh eight nine three one zero eight seven eight nine. Mrs Naidu on the line. Good afternoon. Hi, hello. Selma. Hi, Mrs. Snyder. Go ahead.
6: Hi. Um, I didn't grow up in that uh, in Durban, and but uh, I married uh, my husband Snyder and uh, he, I think he's still so stuck in that era because he's always dressed up like these people with the high shoes and these bishops and things like that. But uh, he's listening to your program, and he's so excited. He's a good chance to talk to you. However, uh, he tells me that back then, it was so safe in Durban to walk in the streets. People were safe, whether it was men, women, or children. And they had uh, pupil bands and drum majors. And they also assisted in schools. Uh, Building a school and things like that. Mm. Uh, He is now 71, so he probably was a youngster back then. Mm. So uh, he he was so excited when he heard about
0: it because he always (laughs) talked about it. Thank you, Mrs. Naidu. Lovely that you're sharing with us. 089-310-8789 89 coming up to almost a quarter to two right now. This is Newsbreak Talk on Lotus FM with me, Salma Patel. Yes, we are talking about the uh, Newsbreak Legends series that was run during July and it was called The Kings of Durban. We do have a copy of that book to give away this afternoon. That's going to happen more towards the end of the show. And all you need to tell us is name three characters that were mentioned in the Newsbreak Legends series. 89 8789 is the number you can call us on. Deepak, we have one more interview that uh, actually came through from uh, someone who is 72 years old. His name is Ghulam Suleiman, and he says he's one of Sheriff Khan's nephews. His father and Sheriff Khan were brothers. He also listened to the series, and this is what he had to say.
4: Remember the last flighting of an interview that was done with Deepak Pandey on Sheriff Khan? I'm not sure what episode it was. And in the interview, I think uh, Deepak mentioned uh, a couple of issues uh, with regards to Sharif Khan and the life of Sharif Khan, and which we, I, as a nephew, number one, and the family disagree with totally. And I, in fact, sent uh, Deepak a message courteously. Uh, maybe I know Deepak, I've met him, he's a hell of a nice guy, with no qualms about him, but I think he just went a totally offshoot there. I don't know where he got the information from. And who he discussed those matters with, etc., and where did he pick up all this jargon as far as Sheriff Khan was concerned? Much of it is not true, and I'm quite surprised that it went for publication and it obviously went viral on on your radio station, and uh, the whole country has listened into it.
7: And Mr. Suleiman, what is it in the book that you are questioning?
4: Well, look, there's a, there's a few issues that came up in that interview. First of all, he talks about, you know, there was a shootout in front of John Foster Square. First of all, there was no shootout in front of John Foster Square. He talks about a shootout in the early 50s in front of John Foster Square where he shot a certain uh, person, uh, presumably by the name of and uh, in front of a whole lot of cops. And he was sentenced to death for that particular crime. My uncle, my late uncle, Sheriff Khan, was never sentenced to death. He never shot anybody in front of John Foster Square. In fact, John Foster Square was only built in Johannesburg around about 1967 and was officially opened in 1968 by the late B.J. Foster, uh, the state president at that time. The second issue that he talks about was that he was packed up by the Salot Gang. He was told to leave Durban, etc. That is a whole lot of uh, untruth, because he never had any altercation with the Salot Gang or the Crimson League. He was an operative in his own right, and uh, he obviously left Durban on his own account. Yes, of course, he must have had rivalry. There were a lot of rivalry because they were gangsters in their own right. There was extreme rivalry, and he left Durban and he moved to Joburg. And also there's a tract about Chotubana telling him, advising him with Aki Vaid that he has to leave uh, so-called Big Five to move away from Durban. Chotubana was my uncle's good friend. He never had any encounters with uh, Chotubana. So there was no issue with regard to Chotubana. And with regards to Aki Vaid, Aki Vayed happened to be a family member because Sheriff Khan and Aki Vaid and a guy called Isab Sarang, they were married to three sisters. So they had a very, very close family affinity, and there was no issue between Aki and Sherif Khan. And then we moved to Johannesburg, Sherif Khan arrived in Johannesburg, and then it stated that he was found under extortion threat. And he, Sherif Khan, was never the type of guy to be extorted. Nobody dabbled with him or messed with him. He was in his own right, he had his, uh, he had his own style about himself, and this issue about him being extorted was, I think, a very far-fetched statement. When he talks about an old man Kaji, old man, uh, India, India mafia, Indian mafia, he's referring to a guy called Old Man Kaji, who obviously came originally from India, and he mixed with a, a gentleman called Kasuji, and they were obviously, uh, they were obviously gangsters in Johannesburg at the time. Talk about Khan, con- uh, congregated in a range of national gangsters sit down or meeting from the different provinces. This was I never, mean, there was no such thing. I mean, I live in Johannesburg currently. I've interacted with my family members. I've inter- interacted with people that know knew Sheriff Khan uh, and lived side by side with him. Uh, there was no such thing. And it was not Sheriff Khan's style. I think on, on a final note, he was never involved in any political uh, affiliation. Eh? Uh, Because Deepak also mentioned something about him being involved with the politics of the country, political parties. He never sponsored any Congress. He was never a politician. My uncle, I grew up side by side with him. I knew him very well. I'm 72 years of age now. I'm not a young man anymore. But uh, to the best of my knowledge, he was never politically affiliated in any way whatsoever.
7: Now, Mr. Suleiman, these are a lot of questions that you are raising. Where is it that you are getting your information from?
4: Well, this is family knowledge. I mean, this is family knowledge. Your your family is not going to come and tell you something otherwise. I'm working on a book on his life and and the underworld in Johannesburg, and that will bring an expose to the actual fact in defence of him and whatever actions that he was involved or engaged in. Uh, he's got a wife that lives in Johannesburg still well and alive, and he's got two sons. He's got children that are here. He's got nephews. We, we are part of the family. That's, that's what it is. So we can obviously put our heads on the block and say exactly this is what it is.
0: That was 72-year-old Gulam Suleiman who uh, says he's Sheriff, one of Sheriff Khan's nephews and uh, his father and Sheriff Khan were brothers and uh, did you pick up that little bit from the from the interview? I'm writing my own book about the Johannesburg underworld. Good thing there Deepak that people are now writing their stories and telling their stories as well.
1: You know, once again I'm, I'm just so happy that people are now coming about and telling the stories of their own family members. Yeah. You know, like in reference to the Kings of Durban, you know it's, it's, it's fiction based on fact uh, a lot of characters names have been changed because it was quite in, in, in a lot of instances, there was a little bit difficulty in getting the facts to story. No one's going to come out there and tell you we really murdered this person yeah. or injured this person. So there was, and, and in fact, every for every person that I interviewed, I had to interview another three, four, something, five people behind them to, mm. to, to actually clarify that sort of information. So
0: sort of to back up your research as 100%,
1: well. 100%. And everything that's mentioned in the book is where we've got actually written consent from certain people. But once again, you know, when it, when it comes to uh, a gentleman as big as Sheriff Khan, you yeah. know, and, and obviously the fair has a different perspective. I'm actually a huge fan of Gulam Suleiman's work, and I mm, and I'm actually mm. pushing him to finish his book because mm. I think a lot of clarity will come out for me mm. in in terms of what what we've done, and I've and we, we actually exchange uh, information and we also uh, chat a lot. So yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that book. You know, I actually support him a lot.
0: Exciting times indeed. Oh eight nine three one zero eight seven eight nine. Jane Nyker sends us this message. She says, "Hi, we lived in D and D Heights in Sparks Road. The Salots lived in the building next to ours. Um, yes, there was a lot of violence. The butcher boys." Could could not enter Sparks Road. I grew up there, but they never interfered with us. They treated us with the utmost respect. The notorious Sparks Road was a blissful place to live in, great memories, especially as children, and we used to imitate that gangster walk. Ooh they had <laughs> class and we looked up to them. O eight nine three one oh eight seven eight nine and the WhatsApp number is O seven one six one three seven eight zero three. Hi, nice topic in Peter Maritzburg, We had the Bully Khan's or the bully cans. Mm. Um, Ash Kushal writes to us And she says Hi, I grew up across Shiraz Cinema But although we didn't talk to the Victorian gang They took care of the area And of us if we walked on the road It was quite safe any time of the day Or the night to walk on the road Thank you for your comments there Ash Another comment from Rishand Who says My late uncle Drummond Sebrin from Mavel Was a member of the Crimson League He was a loving person But very strong in terms of physical build He could he could stand his own And fight for what." was right. I have fond memories of him. Thank you very much for your comments there Rishant. Another one coming through from um, let's just see Who do we have here? The late Pine Mohammed was my uncle, my mother's brother. And that's from Bulkish Adam. Um, Good program. Hi, Salma and the Newsbreak team. We need some people like these people to fight crime and help police uh, to bring the crime down to the lowest. Thank you, Peter Pillay from Arena Park. Peter, it's hard to imagine that these were actually live living characters who were part of that era of Durban in the 50s and in the 60s. Another message coming through from Jagu Govind, who says, The Salots were our neighbours. They were in West Road and we in Hill Street by Lala Govind's shop. And they were quite courteous to us and had the utmost respect for my dad. Jagu Govind, thank you for sharing your messages and your memories with us. Um, someone who remembers Shaki, who says, Yes, I remember Shaki, Pine, Mohammed And Chotu. Now, these were some of the characters that you managed to research, Deepak. And Mm. how far in your archives did you go back?
1: Okay, when you you speak about Shaki, this was a strange one. Because I was under the impression that Shaki passed away. Mm. That's what the information I got from the people around me. But then there was this one friend of mine who says, Hey, you know what? This guy is actually alive and and, and he lives in Durban. And we can actually get to him. And I would never forget the time I met him, his his family members were also like, you know what, please don't get too close to him because he still carries a knife. And he was 80 some odd years old at the time. And uh, for me, he also was, uh, he he gave us a lot of insight in terms of the Salot family and a lot of things that were happening because he was one of the right-hand men. He and Fishy, you know. And uh, what was also surprising for me, he spent, I think, Sure, more than thirty-two years in prison, yeah. and he was—he was one of the high-ranking members. But once again, you know, they were—they were good at being bad. I think, yeah. if there's any way to describe these guys. And got a
0: message <laughs> coming through from uh, Asma Adam, who's one of my biggest fans, and she says, "I'm enjoying the show. It's Asma Adam from Johannesburg. I am the late Pine Mohammed's niece." My mummy Amina is late Pine Mohammed's youngest sister. We are really enjoying the show reminiscing about her life. Thank you, Deepak. Well, there you go. Some positivity coming through there. 089-310-8789 and the number is 071-613-7803. Rajan uh, from Phoenix wants to have your contact numbers. We will uh, put it on social media so that you do get access to Deepak and Deepak. Yeah, you can actually chat to Deepak offline as well. Thank you for highlighting the kings of Durban. The Indian community need to be united and stand together like the old days where people earned respect and protected each other. 071-613-7803. I'm going to wrap up the final messages coming through. Um, My late grandfather was one of the members of the Salat Gangsters and my mother said his nickname was Ariel. Ariel, did you hear anything like that, Deepak? <laughs> uh,
1: no, no, no. I didn't actually come across that. But, you, you know, there was the, the book actually, you saw the size of this book. Somewhere, I did you know? see that. And we actually didn't even cover everybody, to be honest. Because when yeah. you're working with a small time period, if you look at it. But there's much more to come. And that's a good thing, you know, like like for guys that, that have some sort of um, they need some sort of clarity and stuff. we be yeah. working on a sequel. Anyone yeah. that wants to get involved and clear stuff up, we are open. This is not my story, guys. This is our story. We are celebrating. This.
0: And I've noticed that most of your pictures, most of the archives that you did find had, had gone viral on WhatsApp. People were sharing this kind of images and it was content from your book, wasn't
1: it? hundred yeah, percent. You know, the thing is, uh, a lot of people were not aware that something like this is happening because it's been boiling under for 14 years. And yeah. it's only a matter of time when this was going to explode, you know. And, and, and it happened at the time where the whole of South Africa is under siege of a gang. Where you've seen assassinations mm. happening across the country. Mm. So I feel if, if we could save a life and we can save a soul, you know, yeah. why not actually uh, implement this project and work it through right until the end?
0: I've got uh, Ray who keeps sending us these photos In these messages as well coming through uh, of all the uh, collection that she has of the old messages. So keep Mm -hmm. sending them through, Ray. Well, now it's that uh, exciting time of uh, the day when we are going to give the lines a chance to be open and Rachel is standing by ready to take that lucky number. So from one to five, 089-310-8789 We're looking for one winner Who's going to win this fabulous book And uh, we are looking for Three characters that are mentioned In the Newsbreak Legends series So let's go to our lines now 089-310-8789 Deepak, choose us a number from 1 to 5
1: It has to be the big 5
0: Hey, there you go, the big 5 Good afternoon, who are we speaking to? I'm Mr. Mudli, yeah. Mr. Mudli, can you yeah, tell three names I'm from the characters mentioned in the Newsbreak Legends series?
4: you talking about Dekshalas?
0: Yes. Crimson
4: League, Crimson League?
0: Yes, one and,
4: more? And the Dasheens. And the
0: no, I'm sorry, that's not it. Let's take another caller. Oh eight nine We're looking for the three characters that were mentioned in the series. Deepak, give us a lucky number.
1: Oh, let that's good. One...
0: Okay, let's go with line number one. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Okay, how are you? Okay. What's the answer? Uh, there's three names that I have. Young yeah. Veeran, Cat Eye Kitty, Seaman Chetty, Chotubana. No, darling. We want to know the three names from the series. 89 Deepak, come on. Give us another lucky number there.
1: Come on, guys. We have to give this book away. Why we have to give have this to book to away. This we just book. have
0: to. I can't keep this anymore.
1: Okay, we're lucky number three. That's lucky number three.
0: Good afternoon, who am I talking to? Hello. My name Dees Sorry, your name again? My name
2: is Deez Nadesan.
0: Deez Nadesan. What are the three characters that were mentioned in the Newsbreak Legends series?
4: Uh, the Crimson Bee. Yeah. Shalot. Yes. Sheriff Khan.
0: Very good. Congratulations. Yay! Woo! Deez Nadesan, hold the line. You have won that excellent book and you are really gonna have lots of fun with it. Rachel's gonna take your details down, okay? Okay. Okay. There you have it. Well, that's a wrap of this afternoon's edition of Newsbreak Talk here on Lotus FM. And uh, in closing, we want to say thank you very much to Deepak. We got an uplifting message coming from Mrs. Mohammed, who says, "No matter what you do, someone will have something negative to say. Try not to take it personally. People judge and criticize other people's lives when they're not happy with their own. Just know that you don't need everyone's approval to be happy." <laughs> Deepak final words very quickly
1: wow uh, I just want to thank everyone on my uh, the Kings of Durban all our readers you know the whole entire 5000 of them Ooh. Uh Including the guys on my WhatsApp group Who every morning give me inspiration to wake up And do what I do and go out. It's not easy doing what we're doing Especially when you've got threats hanging on your head And you know people coming up with all sorts of negativity Thanks mm. Mrs. Uh, Mohammed, for, the, for that message Because it really means a lot to me It's not easy doing what we do We don't act- actually have a lot of people uh, with us But now you can see that the entire community of Durban uh, and, and Johannesburg and Cape Town and mm. the country Are mm. actually backing us up And for me I, I just got to say thank you to you and I really appreciate this it's been touching you're most
0: welcome Deepak well it's based on the true and untold story of Durban's gangland the kings of Durban tells the tale of how people had to rise and protect each other sometimes even from each other and if this series has piqued your interest and maybe you're interested in writing then please do write you will need to document your story and tell your tale no matter how potent or pretty it may be from me Salma Patel and Rachel Vardy, and our guest Deepak Pandey and of course Larry who is with us taking all those videos we wish you a great afternoon in the company of lotus fm don't forget priya singh and friends lotus fm women's month concert at carnival city big top arena is happening today and of course the beautiful navita gajraj is standing by with the latest news at two have a great day in the company of lotus fm
1: sabc news independent and impartial